Welcome to episode 31 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. My name is Steve Webb, and thank you for being with us today. Pastor Bennett's message begins in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. So, if you have your Bible with you, get it out and let's see what Pastor B has for us today. Pastor? It's good to be back with all of you. We're here on our third podcast of this series, I guess. And uh, we're going to go again to the Gospel of John, the bread of life, and talk about Jesus, the bread of life, and John, beginning at John 6 and verse number 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And uh, whoever comes to me, I will never turn away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. This is, again, I believe, one of the great passages of John's Gospel. To better understand it, we need to follow two thoughts, I think, and analyze them very clearly. I want to look very specifically at verse number 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will never hunger, and he who comes to me will never thirst. Uh, What did Jesus mean when he said, I am the bread of life? That's a great question because it's not enough to simply regard him as a a beautiful statement or a beautiful phrase that this is made about him. But we need to analyze it to try to determine what Jesus meant when he made this statement. There are several things that I think we can find from looking at this. The first one is simply this, bread sustains life. It has been said that bread is the staff of life. We need bread to live simply. It is essential for life. Now keep that in your mind. It is essential for life. Why? What is life then is the next question that comes to our mind. Clearly this is talking about more than physical life. By life we are, means something far more than mere existence. Uh, Then what is this new spiritual meaning of life that it's talking about? Well, First of all, we need to understand that life is is the new relationship with God. Real life is that, relationship of trust and intimacy and obedience and joy. So if you're going to have the life of God, you're going to first of all have a life that is full of relationship of trust and intimacy and obedience and joy. The relationship is only made possible through Jesus Christ. We need to understand that fourthly. Without him and apart from him, no one can enter into that new relationship with God. You simply can't do it, my friend. On your own, there is no way that without him and apart from him, you can come into that relationship with God. Because it is Jesus, fifthly, who gives life. 
Without Jesus, life is impossible in the fullest sense of the term. Without him, life may be existence, but it is not real life, not true life. And how many there are today that are going to churches without meaning, without purpose, without reason, because they have not come to the understanding that without him, life can be existence, but they have never found true life. Now, or after this, we've come to the conclusion that if Jesus gives life, he is the essential of life. He can be described as then the bread of life. You see, Jesus is the essential without which whole real life can neither begin nor go on. Now, let me say that again. Jesus is the essential without which real life can neither begin nor go on. Once we know and accept and receive him, all the unsatisfied longings, all the insatiable desires of the heart and soul are gone. The hunger and thirst of the human life, which are ended when we know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and through him, then we know God. Now, get that again, because that's so very important. The hunger and thirst of the human life, are ended when we know Jesus Christ, and when through him we begin to know God. Secondly, this passage opens out to us the stages of the Christian life. We need to understand, first of all, that the passage opens to us the fact of, of our stages of the Christian life. Jesus speaks of those who come to him and whom God has given him. So let us begin to see him the Christian life that he begins to develop within us. First of all, we see Jesus. We are given a vision of Jesus. We see him in the New Testament. We see him in the teachings of the church. At times, we even see him face to face. Praise God. There are some who have walked and talked with God in such an intimate way that they see him face to face. But you can know him through the word of God through the New Testament, through the teachings that to come to us, through the church. Think of all the writings of the apostle that give us the instruction how the church should live. And so we begin to see Jesus in all of this. Having seen him then, we come to him. So we see him and then we come to him. We see him not as some distant hero and pattern for living, but though he is a pattern for living and though he is a hero, we do not see him as such. We seem not as someone who is a figure in a book, but as someone to whom we come and we get to know intimately. Think of that, my friend. I think there are many times that we see Jesus as a character of the Bible and instead of the real Jesus who we can come to with every need and with every burden and with every care. And when we come to him, when we see him and we come to him, we then believe in him. We accept him as the final authority on God, on man, and life. You see, believing in Jesus is more than just believing something. It is accepting him as the final authority. What he says about God is true. What he says about man is true. What he says about life is true. This means that our coming to him is not a matter of interest nor uh, is it meeting on equal terms. It is essentially and fundamentally a submission and surrender of our life to God. There are many people who want to come to him. They have a tremendous interest in Jesus. They'll study about Jesus. 
and uh, they see him as a, perhaps on equal terms with man. But essentially and fundamentally, we must submit our life and surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ and completely to him. Fourthly, this whole process gives us life. It puts us into a new and loving relationship with God, whereby God becomes an intimate friend. We are at home with the one whom we feared because we never knew him. You see, when you don't know God, you fear God. You're afraid of God. And there is a justifiable fear of God. Sometime we'll talk about that. But right now, I want you to understand that you can come to God in a new and loving relationship whereby God is an intimate friend. We are at home with the one whom we feared because we didn't know him. And fifthly, the possibility of this is free and it is universal. Oh, that we could come to the conclusion of this in our hearts and lives. The invitation is to all and the invitation is to receive and take this life is ours for the asking then. So it's, it's universal. It's for everyone. And we can have it by simply reaching out in faith and accepting and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the only way to that relationship is through Jesus. Without him, this life would never have been possible. Apart from him, it is still impossible. No searching of the human mind no longing of the human heart can fully find God apart from Jesus Christ. He is the solution and the answer to every need in our hearts and in our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. And then look at this. At the back of that process, there is God. God not only provides the goal, he moves in the human heart to awaken our desire for him. So he then provides the goal. And once he provides the goal, then he gives us the desire for him. God also works in the human heart to take away the rebellion and the pride which would hinder us from making true submission to Jesus Christ. In ourselves, we don't want to submit to God. We are too proud, but he drives that pride out. And instead, we were willingly come to him and accept him as the Lord of our life. We could never have even sought him if he had not already found us. I love that statement. Think of it again. We could never have even sought him if he had not already found us. Then there remains that stubborn something which enables us to refuse the offer of God and to refuse him moving in our hearts and lives. How sad it is. In the final analysis, the one thing which stops God is the defiance of the human heart. You say, well, God can't be stopped from pursuing us. If he wants us bad enough, he'd get us. No, he's allowed himself to be stopped by our defiance. And a human heart defies God. Life, life is there for the asking and taking. Oh, if we would only receive him and accept and believe that, that we can simply ask and take. So life is there for the asking and taking or for refusing. And when we take, what happens? Two things. Now, there are two things that will happen if you accept Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life. First of all, into life there enters a new satisfaction. The hunger and thirsting are gone. The human heart finds what it was searching for. And life ceases to be mere existence and becomes a thing of peace and joy and love and happiness. Praise the name. Secondly, even beyond life, we're safe. 
on that day when all things end, we're still safe. Praise God. You know, I'm getting older and older every day. I've got to face the fact that one of these days I'm going to be gone. I'm going to leave this world. I'm going to die. But Jesus Christ says that's not the end. You're still safe, Mel Bennett. There's still something you can hope for and long for. And you, that longing can be satisfied in Jesus Christ, the longing for Jesus. Somebody wrote a song once that I have a longing in my heart for Jesus. I have a longing in my heart for him just to be near him, just to feel his presence. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to have a longing in your heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has said, Christ brings us to the haven beyond which there is no danger. Praise God. Let me say this in conclusion today. The offer of Christ is life in time and life in eternity. Let me say that again so that you get it. The offer of Christ is the life and in time and eternity, life. It is the greatness and glory we cheat ourselves of when we refuse the invitation of Christ and the moving of God. Listen to the verses of 39 and 40 again. And this, Jesus said, is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. Praise the name of the Lord. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to him, the Son, and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, understand this and remember, and don't forget this. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is surrendering and submitting your will to him. A man by the name of Thoreau Harris wrote a song in 1914 that has become one of the favorites in the church, I think, over the years. At least it has become one of my favorites. I've tried to find more on Thoreau Harris. The best I could find is that he died somewhere around 19, I believe, 45, somewhere in there. And uh, this is the song, More Abundantly. Are you trusting Jesus all along the way? Does he grow more precious to your heart each day? Are you his disciple? Test his word and see. He will give the Spirit more abundantly, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life, and more abundantly, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life, and more abundantly. For his matchless favor, magnify the name of our gracious Savior, who from glory came. Let the saints adore him for this wondrous word, sealing our redemption through the crimson blood. Verse number three says, Come to him believing, hearken to his call, all from him receiving. Yield to him your all. Jesus will accept you. When to him you flee, he will grant his blessing more abundantly, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life and more abundantly, more abundantly, more abundantly, that they might have life and more abundantly. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father and our God, we're so grateful for the wonderful Savior that we have, that Jesus Christ is the one to whom we can put our trust and faith in, and he will bring us into that relationship with God that is no longer one of fear, but one of trust and love and joy and happiness and peace. Thank you for all of these blessings which we receive through Jesus Christ our Lord. We accept him and receive him as our Savior. Even now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Jesus is the bread of life, and he came that we might have an abundant life. Amen and amen. I know Pastor Bennett would love to hear from you. You can email him at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Take a moment and drop him a line. I hope you'll join us next time. The best way to get all of Pastor B's podcasts is to subscribe. Of course, as always, it's free. If you have a podcast app, just search in your app for In the Word with Mel Bennett, or you can subscribe at subscribe.lifespringmedia.com. There's even a way there for you to receive an email whenever a new episode is published. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.